Smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the Unprecedented Podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Welcome back, everybody. John Aravosis here with uh, Cliff Schechter and Thomas Zimmer. Thomas is a professor at Georgetown School of Foreign Service, my alma mater as well. And his expertise is... Uh, American history, recent American history since the 1960s, but as I like to say, and his expertise is also, um, I would say, extremism. We had a very long talk over lunch, and I think he's got an amazing background in sort of extremism worldwide. Uh, When I say extremism, I mean sort of governments and and governments moving towards fascism, things like this back and forth. Um, American history as well. You know, he schooled me on the Reconstruction after the Civil War, Um, so I assume he and Cliff will just kind of talk about history and turn into butter um that's right we're gonna have fun and john's gonna be like we're gonna, john, john will get lost and um, exactly but i'd like to start by asking what would make you interested in authoritarianism when you come from a country that has never had any in the past sorry i couldn't help myself so, let's go so I'm thomas, thomas is german and cliff I'm is german. making a german joke yes i can't help it yes i mean I look, apologize. there are many germans who um who like to think that our actual proper history started in 1945 so you know they would <laughs> they would maybe agree with with your take there but no i mean look um to be honest i get that question quite a lot like what's is it a specifically german interest or a specifically hmm. german sort of you know, uh, sensibility for not anymore. No, I mean, no, it's American but, too. <laughs> but is it is sort of your the question I get a lot is is your why you went into it? Yes, is right. your interest in American democracy, right, and in the current American political situation is has that to do with your being German and right. sort of Germany's Germany's uh, let's say experience with right. <laughs> anti democratic uh, uh, um, forces and movements. And, and my answer to that is maybe, um, maybe there's certain, I guess there's certain, you could say, uh, sort of pro-democratic sensibilities that um, the German, the German educational system and the German political culture is, is very sort of um, uh, blatantly and actively pro-democratic, right? Um, and, um, there is a certain sense in which some of the discussions over here over like, you know, how to deal with anti-democratic uh, forces, anti-democratic political movements, right. um, and, and sort of what level to, what level of leeway to give them, right? Sounds a little weird to a German in the sense that German democracy after 1945 was explicitly built on the idea that democracy has to be, um, there was the idea of militant, they called it militant democracy, right? Hmm. Which means democracy has to be strong enough to defend itself against hmm. those who want to get rid of it. Hmm. Um, and that means um, the sort of setting certain boundaries. And if you cross those boundaries, we're no longer going to accept you. We're no longer going to accept your right to whatever, like free speech or, or whatever, right? So uh-huh. I think that's a, that's a distinct difference between sort of the German well, political system. I have to say that. something here, John, just yeah. because as John knows, you know, this has been sort of close to a, a white whale obsession of mine. And I talk about this on the show a lot which is, you know, and again, I'd love to hear more from you because you know so much more, I'm sure, about Germany and various European systems. But like we can free speech ourselves to death. And I talk about that a lot, which is, oh, everybody has the right to say anything and do anything. And it was one thing when it was a guy standing on a street corner screaming and yelling. Now we're talking about people that have access to millions, billions via Facebook. And and so that's my criticism here of Fox News. I mean, let's get to the point, which is the other day, Ted Cruz, 
defended somebody's right to give oh. a Nazi salute at one of these school board meetings. Yeah. Why don't you tell folks what would have happened in Germany if somebody had done that? And I'm going to pre-endorse. Or is it legal? What, I'm going to hold on. Yeah. I'm going to pre-endorse what Germany would have done because to me, we are not protecting. We're allowing free speech over misinformation and hate speech in this country. I'll kick it to you. Right. So, um, like, it's it's just downright illegal, right? So the the display, the open this, the public display of Nazi, Nazi insignia is is illegal, right? Hmm. So you got, even you doing the salute. To, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah oh wow. Yeah. So the, the swastika, okay. the Nazi salute. Right. Um, it's it's illegal. You will get, and it's enforced. So hmm. you will get into legal trouble, right? This what is what kind of trouble law. would you get? Is it just a fine? What is it? Yes, yes. So initially you would get fined, right? But if hmm. you keep doing it, there you might you might go to jail over wow. this, right? Um, so this is a we take this seriously, right? So yeah. this is enforced. Yep. This is not one of those. Oh, it's illegal on paper, but no one cares. No, no, no. people care, right? People right. care. Um, so I guess that is one of the differences, right? That's that's what I mean when I when I say so. The idea was we need to set certain boundaries. We need to guardrails around democracy. Right. right, certain guardrails, um, and that are sort of enforceable, right? Um, and I think the, the big difference in 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 sort of the German political culture is that all German sort of pro-democracy parties, or I call them like democratic parties with a small d, like all German small d mm -hmm. democratic parties. Um, are very clear that they're going to hold the line against what we call far-right extremism. Right. We have a far-right party now um, that is in the German parliament. So it's, it's called the AFD, right? They call it the Alternative for Germany. Um, it's 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 a far-right party. Um, it it polls at around ten to fifteen percent. Um, it 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 got in the in the general election that we just had just a few weeks ago. It just it, it got something like ten or eleven percent of of the vote. So it it is in parliament, right? But that's the big difference. All the other all the other uh, democratic parties, small d democratic parties, um, have so far held the line, right? And have clearly said we are not going to collaborate with the far-right party in in any way right in any way not right. on the federal level not in the states and the big difference to the u.s situation of course is that um the the, the far-right sort of forces and factions um are now dominating what is supposed to be the quote-unquote conservative party right? right um so whereas in germany you have the conservative party which like is the angela merkel cdu right the Christian right. Democrats, center-right kind of party it's a center-right kind of party, yes, exactly. I mean, it's it's a broad sort of big tent party. Uh, the, the the Merkel wing of the CDU would clearly be Democratic Party over here, right? The sort of oh, right wing, uh, conservative right. wing right. of the CDU would be probably Republican Party, but but the moderate wing, the quote unquote moderate oh, that's wing funny. of the Republican Party, right? <laughs> it's that small of a segment we, we would represent in European politics. We call that a big tent party, all right? Um, right. Um, whereas the AFD, so what we call the far right party, right, right is, is just, that is just basically in many ways, what has become the mainstream position in today's Republican Party, right? right. And that is really, really concerning right. because again, as a historian, like if you want to learn, quote unquote, learn anything from history, I think one thing we can really learn is that far right parties, far right movements, they never get to power by getting outright majority of the vote, right? That's not how any sort of fascist, far right nationalist, whatever you want to call it, uh, a party uh, got to power in like Europe's 1930s interwar right. period. That's not what happened. Right. Hitler what never happened? got more than 30 something percent of the vote. 
right. So the, the, the Nazi party in Germany peaked at like 37%, um, right? But um, what happens is, or what happened was that the center-right party, the conservative parties decided to make common cause with the far-right parties for a variety of reasons. The main reason being that they said, well, you know, there's a threat of leftist extremism, communism, whatever they want to call it. <laughs> And it's better to go make common cause with the far right um, rather than allowing sort of the radical left to, to gain power, right? And this is how far right movements get to power. They do not get 50% plus of the vote. That basically has never happened anywhere, right? Um, but if the center right, the, the moderate conservatives, right? right. If they decide to make common cause with the far right, then democracy might fall. That is when democracy has a problem. Well, have I ever mentioned to you what a carnivorous beast my mom is? She loves steak and burgers, right? We grew up on them. I've never seen her so happy when I sent her Omaha steaks and burgers for Christmas one year. Holidays around the corner, finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com right now and enter Stephanie in the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees, like the world-famous bacon wrap filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use the code Stephanie, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com. You'll get eight free burgers when you enter the code Stephanie. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. That's omahasteaks.com. The keyword is Stephanie, omahasteaks.com. Can I ask you a quick question? One thing, and uh, Cliff, he and uh, Thomas and I had talked about this over lunch, is you're describing how Germany sort of has these guardrails and Germany sort of aggressively defends its democracy because of your, my generation would say recent history, your, you know, your generation might say a little more further, but, but relatively recent history. Yes. America doesn't have that kind of recent history. Uh, not only, okay, also we have the First Amendment and we have a different history in that regard, but also we don't have a recent history of fascism. We don't have any kind of genetic memory. Or at least of, on the national level. On the national level, we have no kind of genetic memory of that yeah. kind of thing. My mom doesn't, I don't, zero. I am brought up with nothing suggesting that this country was recently fascist and oh boy, we better be careful. And I worry that that's part of our problem in dealing with Trumpism and what's happening with the Republicans right now is you all know to be careful. We are getting worried, but we don't even, it, it, puts, it puts the media at a disadvantage, it puts us all at a disadvantage. So let me, let me push back against Please. Yeah. the idea that what is happening now in America is something new, something Americans lack the experience to deal with, something of an aberration yeah, in, in, in US history. Now, so if at its core, what is happening right now is a white reactionary backlash as a result of uh, uh, reels of social and, and racial progress, right? If what we're looking at is white conservatives and the party that is entirely focused on their interests and sensibilities, the Republican party, right. are basically being faced with the choice of either accepting those social, racial, uh, uh, that social and racial progress, accepting a truly multiracial pluralistic democracy and sort of the end of white Christian dominance in this country, or getting rid of democracy to entrench white Christian dominance. If that is what we're looking at, 
And I think that something is that sounds very familiar to some things that happened in the past hundred years. And that's the thing. Then that is not new. That is what I would say is the norm or has been the norm for most of American history, right? It, again, it happened in reaction to the first experiment at multiracial or biracial, basically, democracy in the wake of the Civil War, which we call the Reconstruction period, right? Uh, when the violent backlash against that led to the establishment of an apartheid regime in the South, which is the Jim Crow South, yep. right? That lasted until well into the 1960s, which is not that recent, right? Uh, not that far away. That is right. more recent right. than Germany's experience with, with right. authoritarianism, right? It happened in the 1950s and 60s when, in reaction to the civil rights progress, the modern conservative movement formed, right? And soon became the dominant faction within the Republican Party. And it happened again in reaction to the first Black person being elected president in 2008. Now, when you say what, yeah, but what about specifically an authoritarian regime, right? Authoritarianism. Well, look, the Jim Crow South was exactly that. It was a one-party authoritarian regime established to uphold white supremacy. <clears throat> now, if you want experience in like what that looks like um, I, and, and what the threat is, right? What the authoritarian threat is that we're now dealing, I think we should look first and foremost to, again, what was the reality in a significant part of this country right. well into the 1960s. Yeah, I mean, you know, we were talking about this. We have we had a guest on earlier this week, David uh, Pepper, who wrote a book about what's going on in states around the country right. and yeah. how there's there's a lack of democracy. Like a lot of states at this point, I live in Ohio here. You know, what the majority wants doesn't happen. Here. Yes, yes. We, we are at this point, if anybody tried to argue that this is a functioning democracy, quite literally, it isn't. Um, yes. It doesn't matter. So, you know, when you look at what you're talking about, right, in these states where, you know, when we talk about this, you had black state legislators, members of Congress, governors, all through the, you know, the eight, late 1860s, um, the 1870s. And I just got to sign up on the screen. That was weird. Um, and <laughs> sorry. The, <laughs> it's okay. And the, um, and, you know, the 1880s is when this backlash started, a lot of it in the 1890s. Um, and then suddenly, you know, and, and this will be for the history geeks among us, like me and uh, our professor here, you get the Dunning School of, of historians who look back and claim that the great lost cause and slavery was a beneficial program and you get birth of a nation and you get Woodrow Wilson in office, right. quite frankly, who was a white supremacist Southerner who would, you know, so yes, we didn't have authoritarianism on a national level. Um, you know, and you didn't necessarily have it in the Northeast and other places. I, my family didn't grow up with any understanding of that, but it quite literally existed in the Southern states where, where people right. who had been elected to office, and David brought this up on our show, who were young black men or, you know, mostly it was men, it wasn't women, it wasn't full democracy, certainly. Yes, yes. Suddenly, there was no future for them. A lot of them moved north. Um, you had a great migration because of a lot of this to the north. I'll, I'll kick it back to our... our well, but Yeah, go on, yeah. But did we, I mean, let me ask both of you though, or maybe throw it to Thomas, but is that, a, is that something we learned a lesson to? Did we deal with it effectively in the 1950s and 60s? I mean, look, no, you know? but the thing is, um, it's, that's an indictment of the American educational system. It's an indictment of the American political culture, right? Yeah. Um, it's an indictment of- I can see American the comments right now, damn foreigner, don't criticize America. 
Oh, I look, trust me, I get that a lot, right? Do you actually? Um, like, yeah. I, I get that a lot. I get a lot of like, oh, I'm kidding. You don't you, of like course. it here. Why don't you go home? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. hey, look, here's the, here's, the, I want to make it. It's speech. okay. John, John's gay and I'm Jewish. And so we're not allowed to talk about anything important either. <laughs> none of us is, none of, neither of us is allowed to say any of this, right? Yeah. Um, no, but I, I want to make maybe a, a, a serious point about yeah. this t type of critique that I'm getting, right? If you don't like it here, why don't you go home? Here's the thing. I like a lot of things about America, uh, about the American uh, promise, if you want, right? Because here's the thing, I'm not saying uh, America is like this, this racist, this, this terribly racist yeah, yeah. country and it will never change. I'm saying what we should grapple with, now I say we, even though I'm not American, but right. whatever. What we should grapple with is that in this country, right from the start, um, there has been this struggle, this conflict over what America should be, right? right. There is this idea, or there was this idea, um, it has always been part of the American political project that, you know, as it says in the Declaration of Independence, all men are created equal. We would, we, we would say all people or all human beings are created right. equal, right? Which is, again, at the time, late 18th century, and a radical claim, that's a radical yeah. claim, and it's a radical promise, a radical promise, yeah. but, so that's, that's one part, right? right. So basically the, the promise is America should be a place where your status uh, as an individual should not be determined by race, gender, uh, religion, sexual orientation, whatever it might be. That's, right. that's one part of the promise. But the, the other part, the other part of that struggle um, has always been, no, 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 that's not what America should be. America should be first and foremost, a nation of and for white Christians, right? It should be a place where white Christians and let's be honest, white Christian men get to dominate, get to define American <laughs> identity, get to define what is and what counts and what doesn't count as right. real America, right? And everyone else has to, right. you know, fall in line and we're just shut up. You've been listening to a free excerpt of the Unprecedented Podcast. To hear the rest of the show, and hear all of our past shows and support our work as independent media, please go to patreon.com slash unprecedented podcast and become a subscriber for as little as $5 a month. You can have all of our old episodes, see all of our Zoom interviews, and support the great work that we hope you think we're doing promoting the democratic and liberal agenda. Thanks so much for joining us, folks. See you next episode.